With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 160 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. If you've only just stumbled across us, you can subscribe via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're also all over social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Three episodes a week, one catering for boxing, one catering for UFC, which is this one, and uh, our radio show, which caters for the Merseyside fight scene. Uh, so it um, has people like Darren Till on there on a week-by-week basis. So make sure you subscribe so therefore you never miss out on any of our uh, uh, weekly content. Uh, now then, last week, our boy from Wales dishing out a calf slicer, Yeah. That's what we like. Yep. We love a submission, a, a, an obscure submission. Brian Ortega this week went, oh my fucking beer, boys. I've got submission of the year in the bag. Cubby Swanson, I'm going to do you with a kind of standing guillotine. You know how much I love a standing guillotine, mate. <laughs> oh, I love it. I can't, honestly, just to see everybody go floppy, stood up. He's just one of the best sights in the world, even though it's one of my favourite fighters, Cubby Swanson. Brian Ortega put some serious manners on him, didn't he? He did, yeah, and this guy's emerged as a genuine, uh, you know, fresh contender for this featherweight belt. Uh, I thought he was outstanding again, and, you know, he, he's a bit of a half-back because he's a specialist, isn't he? He's a specialist submission fighter, Yeah. and in the sport, which is everyone's so rounded these days, it's rare to see someone string together so many submission wins as he had. I think out of his 13 straight wins now, seven of them, seven finishes by mm. submission mm. against top guys as well, you know. Like a little monkey. He really is. He like, jumps on his neck. I'm thinking, yeah. Stace does, no, no, he didn't want to stand up. He climbed up his body. I'm like going, what is he? Like a little spider monkey just <laughs> dangling off his neck. I'm thinking, fucking hell, how are you going to shake that off? He had a grip on him, mate. He's decent, isn't he? I really like this kid I as like well. that. I like that. Lad's just put in one of the submissions of the year. Yeah, he's decent. He's yeah, decent. He's, yeah, he's, he's pretty decent, decent mate. Yeah, he's, he, you know, you can see that black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, can't you? And he, he utilises it. And that's one thing that a lot of these black belts don't do. They get in there. You know, this is a guy that also knocked out Clay Guida, if you remember, last year. So yeah, he did, yeah. This is a guy that, you know, he can kind of do everything. But his go-to is a submission game, and he's quite happy to, yeah, but we to love drop that. it when it matters. Yeah, but we love that. If you're a Play Brazil- to your strengths, man. Yeah, if you're a black belt in Brazilian... Uh, Brazilian? Brazilian. You want to get some of that Brazilian <laughs> jiu-jitsu. Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're a Portuguese. Black, listen, if you're a, if you're a black belt, what you need to do is play to your strength, like you've just said. Yep. There's too many... I mean, we saw it with Ronda. With the Doom, remember? We've seen it with the Doom. Yep. All of a sudden, right, they're a specialist in one particular thing. Ronda, of course, was judo, right? But you're a specialist in one particular thing, You've got a boatload of um, of wins via ripping somebody's arm off. Keep ripping their arm off. Why all of a sudden do you think you're a trader? Why all of a sudden do you think you can stand in the middle of an octagon and fight a boxing glo- Golden Gloves champion? Why, why do you think you can do that? You can't. Do what you do best. Fair play, Brian Ortega. Yeah, okay. Use your strikes to close distance and, and shut that distance down. But when you get the opportunity, 
Snap that neck, baby, and cash that check. And he did that. Mate, and he got paid royally as well. Ooh, yeah. Fight of the night and performance of the night bonuses, 100 grand on top of his wages. Mm. Mate, that's the way to do it. And, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that Frankie's, uh, you know, got injured last time, so Aldo stepped back in against Holloway, I'd be campaigning for this guy to get the next title shot. You know, we were campaigning that Cubby should have got it before yeah, Aldo yeah, yeah. last week. So this guy's got to be right in the frame now. And, uh, you know, it's... Yes, he's only 13 fights into his career, but if you're doing it the way he's doing it, mate, that's what it's all about. He's, he's entertaining fans, he's finishing fights, and that's mm. what the sport needs. What does this mean for Cubby, right? Because that was the last of his uh, current UFC contract. Yeah. You'd anticipate that they'd go again Fucking with him. Fucking hope so. Yeah. Christ almighty. Can't boot him out now. God, no, he's top contender, and he's super entertaining. Fans love him. You know, he's got a whole thing behind him. He's got his own clothing line, Cubby, which is wicked, by the way, that little Cubby logo that he's got and stuff. Listen, the UFC ain't going to let this guy go. But then again, we said that about Musassi, didn't we? We said there's no way they let Musassi go. Musassi's fighting and performing better than he's ever done in the UFC. He's on his way to a title shot. He's going to be the middleweight champion by 2018. But that was more his decision. And then they kind of, well, they kind of put an offer on the table that, that was shit. Didn't compare to the offer he could get elsewhere. And you know, maybe that's what Cubby's doing. Cubby's like, I know my worth. Yeah, Cubby once he walks, Cubby once and walks into Bellator and walks away with that belt. Hmm. So. Interesting way to go for me, but I, I can't see them letting Cubs want some walk away. Surely not. Mm. Uh, well done, Brian Ortega. Sensational victory at the weekend. Lots to come on this show, by the way, because our mates fighting again this weekend in Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg card this weekend. What a way. I say what a way to finish the year, but there's still UFC 219 to come uh, to yeah. finish the year, which we're kind of not buzzing mm. about at this moment in time, even but, though Khabib and Barboz is on that card. Well, that's the one thing I am buzzing about, but... Yeah. Mm. Ollie Holm and uh, ah, Cyborg. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't really give Sexist. Two damn Aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before we move on, though, to, to Winnipeg, we've yeah, got to mention you want to talk about Marias as, as knockout of Aljamain Stick. Jesus Christ, 67 seconds in, that knee hid around the world. Unfortunately, Aljamain Sterling kind of ducked for a bit of a takedown, and just as he ducked, the timing couldn't have been any worse. Marias is throwing that knee. Is he throwing a knee or is he throwing a, sh- a leg? I think he's throwing a. He's, he's trying to kick him in the head, but the duck then times him it, in the knee. Yeah, times yeah, yeah. it into the knee. Yeah, and he is a kit mate. Um, he's like ta-da. The problem is, you see, because you're, you're expecting. You, you see this with coaching all the time, where coaches say, "Don't hit the pads, punch through the pads. Don't kick the pad, kick through the pad." You know, you you, you vision your target beyond the actual target to make sure you get maximum power. But obviously, if you're if you're getting kicked in the head or you're getting punched in the face, people naturally measure that punch and that's where my punch has got to land on the face that's where my kick's got to land mm. on the face and I think mm. that's where the momentum come from Marias is throwing that leg thinking it's got to go all the way up to you there and Aljamain meets it halfway yeah you're not pulling the kick at all. Your momentum is to go a lot further than he's coming down to. So when you mix that together, it's like the perfect storm. Mm. And unfortunately, it goes right across Aljamain Sterling's face. And man, he was a kip. Mm. You know, that was like... Sorry to bring up a good mate of mine, but that was a Terry Etam kipping type, type of knockout where your just body goes frozen and like your fucking rigor mortis sets in well, and we everything. We saw Overeem like, last week, oh, didn't it? Oh fuck! Exactly, Overeem just like Overeem, Overeem, yeah, just like shit. I, I, do you know what I like as well? I kind of like the way that Marais dealt with it. He knew immediately once the absolutely once, once the knee landed, he knew immediately uh, that Sterling was out, and yeah. then it was a case of I don't need to jump on him. 
I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to do the referee wave off. Yeah. <laughs> he did, didn't he? He, did, yeah, he yeah. just waving it off himself. He's like, yeah, it's done. I think he knew straight away. He was like, fuck, get a doctor in here quick. <laughs> this guy is not in a good way. And uh, thankfully, he's still in it. You know, from what I hear, is, uh, everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, he's sound. He's he, made, tweet, he was tweeting last night. He was cool. Yeah, and he, made, he put a statement out, didn't he? Like basically saying, you know, well done to, to Mariah's. And I think he, the good thing he put is it sucks to be the nail. Yeah. This is the fight game. What a really nice line that is. But. For me, Aljamain Sterling came into the into the UFC with a massive, uh, you know, massive momentum behind him. Uh, he was twelve and zero or eleven and zero when he got into the UFC or something like that, and he won a couple of fights straight away. Stopped all his win, you know, and you're like, "Fucking hell, we've got ourselves a real contender here." But as soon as he stepped up, Caraway, Asan Sao, obviously he's just beat Barao, which was brilliant. You thought, "Okay, this is where he needs to be," and yet it's another step back, but it just shows, man. At this level, this is why we love in it. Though. This game, anyone can beat anyone. Anyone can beat anyone. Well, that's that age-old thing, man. If you're if you're zero, if you have no losses on your record, unless you can beat, if you have no losses on your record, then you're not fighting the right dudes. This is what this sport is all about, and this is yep. why so many fans absolutely love it because it is unpredictable. Completely. So many times we speak to fans of fight sports in general that go, I'm out of boxing really now. I don't really like it that much because you kind of know what's going to happen. And to be fair, 80% of the time, you probably do. Yeah. You know that a fight's been made in a certain way to favour a certain fighter. That's not necessarily the case in the UFC. No. The UFC is the best against the best. You two are obviously at a similar point in your careers now. You're fighting each other in order to move on to the next stage of your career. And therefore, strange things do happen. We have been here where we've gone, Oof. last week, perfect example where we get um, Overeem against Nganu. We're massive Nganu fans and we think that he's going to do him, but so many people in the mixed martial arts world that we spoke to were going, it's too early for him. On paper, it was a mismatch. On paper, it's a mismatch. All these types of things. But look what happened. He absolutely starts him. What was it? Within two and a half minutes, job done. End off. Ta-da. But that's the beauty of the mixed martial arts. That's why we're here. Because of that unpredictability. We're 100%, exactly. And, uh, you know, that's why these events, when we often say, oh, this event's not great this weekend, it looks a bit shit, not much star power... They're generally the ones you should look out for because yeah, yeah, yeah. these guys coming through, they want the star power. They want to be stars. So they're, mm. they're putting in extra shifts. You know, they're not fighting conservatively. They're not fighting just for the win. They're fighting for bonuses. Mm. They're not on the kind of money where the big stars are picking up massive six-figure checks. Most of these guys from last weekend will only have been on, you know, four- and five-figure checks. That's why for Brian Ortega to get a $100,000 bonus for his two, for the both performance and fight of the night, I mean, that's fucking massive. That's probably doubled his income for the entire year. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's right in the frame now for a title shot early in 2018. Absolutely. Um, I'm gobsmacked that Winnipeg, by the way, the card of Winnipeg has not just been picked up and stuck back a week. I'm gobsmacked that they've not put it onto UFC 219 because there's so many amazing fights on there. However, if you are going to UFC Winnipeg, you're in for an absolute scream. All the preview of that is coming up at the back end of the show. So make sure you stick with us because we've got a bit of news to get through uh, from the world of UFC right now. Um, and the first point of first port of call is obviously GSP. GSP um, with his colitis. Sadly, um, he's getting that taken care of. It sounds absolutely horrific what he's going through at this moment in time. Uh, but therefore now he has uh, relinquished his uh, middleweight crown. He's no longer the UFC middleweight champion of the world, which he won off Michael Bisping. <laughs> to say, I told you so. It's the shortest reign in <coughs> UFC history as a champ. 31 days. I think he holds the record for the longest reign as the welterweight champ mm-hmm. and the shortest reign now. As the uh, as, as the middleweight champ, champ yeah, uh, thirty one days relinquished, which then opens up a door for somebody else, doesn't it, mate? The just on GSP before we get excited about Bobby Knuckles, just on GSP, 
the we've seen a change, haven't we? There's been a change in the guard, and it's because of Conor McGregor. Because there was a time when Dana White said something was happening. Yes, Dana's pulled, you know, he's, he's notorious for fucking saying shit that yeah. doesn't come off. But when he talks about fighters and what they're going to do next, it generally has happened over the years because Dana White and those three letters, UFC, Nobody takes so anybody. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of Conor McGregor, where he's just kind of like bigger than the sport, bigger than Dana, and he can kind of do what he likes... It's like Dana's kind of second-guessing what Conor's going to do. So he's gone from going, oh, yeah, he's going to fight Mayweather, but, you know, he's, he's definitely going to fight in the UFC again. Definitely going to fight in the UFC. He's a fighting man. He's told me. And now his narrative is, yeah, we may not see him in the UFC again because he's making too much money in boxing. Like, And GSP's like the same. It's like, George, so you're going to come back. You're going to fight Bisman, but, you know, you definitely you have to defend, definitely your belt. defend the belt on you. Yeah, yeah, Dana, of course I will. Yeah, yeah. No, you, no, you honestly, if I give you this shot straight away, you've got to defend it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. He beats Bisping, press conference, Dana White's, yeah, he's definitely going to defend it, don't worry about that. And then GSP's like, nah, I'm not going to defend it. It's, if the, the, the world has changed, do you know what I mean? The, the power that Dana White once held, yeah. I think Connor has shown. And listen, you ain't going to get Brian Ortega going against what Dana White says, but when you're George St. Pierre, do the and you want. know what you're worth mm, now, mm. and you're doing what the fuck you want now, what suits you, rather than the UFC, then you've got to change into the guards. Mm. We knew it was coming. Mm. There was no way he was going to fight Rockhold or Bobby Knuckles. There was fucking no way, mm. because George St. Pierre isn't big enough for those type of middleweights. But he saw Michael Bispin as a weakness, as an opportunity to win a belt, to get back in the mix, to put his name back up in lights, and to give himself some bargaining power with the UFC. He now comes back for me, chooses his next welterweight victim. Do I believe it's going to be tiring Woodley? I probably don't. I think GSP will wait and see who Woodley fights next and see what happens, where the land lies then. But brings me back to the biggest fight out there for GSP and the biggest MMA fight out there for Mr. Conor McGregor. Mate, it's going to happen. A welterweight fight between GSP. If he can keep Conor McGregor... We had this on our boxing show, which is released today as well. Conor McGregor's got fucking options, son. Because he's got Manny Pacquiao in boxing and he's got George St. Pierre in the UFC. They're the big money options out there. for. Forget about Tony Ferguson. Forget about fucking Max Holloway. By the way, I would love to see Max Holloway fight Conor McGregor again. Forget about all that. There's GSP for the money here or there's Manny Pacquiao for the money there. Yeah. And we're going to find out where more where the biggest paycheck is because I'll tell you now, that's where Connor goes. That's it. It's all about dollar. Of course. Not interested in belts Couldn't anymore. Couldn't give two fucks. <laughs> Mate, he will forever be, in his mind, he will forever announce himself as, as the, the champ, champ champ. So it makes no... Now that the belts have gone, yeah, there's new belts floating around. People are carrying new belts in. But i tell you what, I guarantee those two belts are still in Colin McGregor's house. So he will forever call himself the champ champ and he will fight GSP for in a non-title fight. Doesn't make any difference anymore. Mm. Different level shit. Uh, well, one man that does have a belt because he's been upgraded. He was the interim champion. He's now the full champion. It is Bobby Knuckles. Bobby Knuckles. Uh, the middleweight champion of the world. We love Bobby Knuckles. Hopefully we'll get him on the show at some point so you can have a little bit of a crack with him. Uh, but he will be fighting at UFC 2-2-1 in Perth against the model, Luke Rockhold. Before I get onto Knuckles, right? How on God's green earth has Luke Rockall wangled this? How has he wangled this, right? He got starched by Bispin early. Yeah. He's fought one dude in 15, 18 months, and the dude that he was fighting wasn't even fighting in the UFC a year ago, right? Yes, okay, he won that. How is he now getting himself a title shot again? How is that happening when Gastelum 
has fought four out of his last four fights. He's fought three of the best contenders, former champs. He's just starched the former champ. Mm-hmm. Starched him, mate. Yeah. Why is he not getting the shot? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and you're probably right. Um, you know, beating David Branch does not a title contender make. But also, I think Rockhold, he's got the ultimate argument with the UFC in regards to the fact that he fought Bisping at late notice, took that fight, kept the car going when he could have. And it happened in the past. John Jones done it in the past when his opponent pulled out and he said, Chael Sonnen's going to step in. And he said, is he fuck? Is he fuck? I'm not fighting him. He could have said that about Bisping. But he took that fight, and I think he took that fight usually, you know, generally with the UFC going, listen, this thing goes Pete Tong, I'm straight back in, yeah? Oh, yeah, 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 Luke, not a problem. He's had to wait. He's had to wait for his chance again, and I think that's why he's been rewarded with the fight with Bobby Knuckles. Do you think he beats him? Uh, I think it's probably the toughest fight out there for Bobby Knuckles, I'll be honest. Thinking. Why? Because of Luke's size and he's wrestling? Because, yeah, and you know, I think Luke got caught by Bispin. I think he undervalued Bispin as a threat. Um, and I think he'll come back supercharged here. But then again, on home soil, you know, I, I fancy Bobby Knuckles to get the job. And we know there. that Luke can go. We know that he can go yeah, over. Yeah. So therefore, Bobby Knuckles will be looking at that going, all I need to do is land flush with this big left yeah. hand once and it's gone. Yeah, and, and you know, don't forget, David Branch was hardly a test in, in regards to Luke Rockhold's chin. He's gone into that fight super confident. He's a second tier fighter compared to Bobby Knuckles. Yeah, first round, it was ugly, wasn't it? Of course. And uh, I just think that if Bobby lands flush, that Bisping moment will come reeling back through, through Rockhold's mind quicker than anything. And that confidence in his chin will, will drain away and... You know, I think it's a tough one for Bobby Knuckles. I think Gas- I, I'm surprised. I thought it would have been Gastelum. Mm. I think it's a better fight than Gastelum, but I still think Bobby Knuckles will retain the belt. Listen, I like Luke Rockhold, yeah. He looks well, yeah. But with these couple of fights that he, he had... He looks with- well. No, he does look well. <laughs> He's a good-looking lad, isn't he? <laughs> he looks well. <laughs> but but with um, with his two fights with Bisping, obviously because I'm a Bisping boy, I just kind of just decided not to like him doesn't he's not done anything to us yeah. he's not done anything to me oh i know I, i've i've interviewed him a few times i've it. been around him and he's a cock no he is a cock is like, it oh he's a dickhead yeah all oh, right so oh no i you, fucking you, hate no, him no no you, you should eat him yeah i hope Bobby oh, he's Knuckles a dickhead. absolutely starches him though. oh he's a dickhead <laughs> yeah 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 it is i was gonna be nice to him then no 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 in. fuck it man just go balls deep <laughs> honestly he's a cock he is, yeah. It's cool. It's cool to it's cool to hate him. Like you, you know, don't just hate on the fact that he's a good looking bastard and he and he regularly fucking shags celebrities. Like what dude was that one he was banging the the singer? Uh, I've no fact, idea. A couple of them actually. There's the uh, the one that was on the Disney Channel originally, and she moved. What? On. Is, has bro- he been in? Has he been, one. Not. She's not still on the no, Disney Channel. She, she was back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> what going to say? Demi Lovato. Was he? He was up that like a rat up a drain pipe. Was he really? And then uh, the other one was uh, my girl. Uh, fucking what your missus? Swifty. Taylor, Taylor Swift? Swift. Get out! Well, I'll say that everyone in Hollywood's fucked Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> There's no no big claims there. Do you know what I love? Been up about- Taylor's wizard's pocket. I'll tell you something. I love I love the laws that surround the world of the podcast, which are not necessarily the exact same as the worlds of the laws uh, of radio. Because there's no way we could have said what you've just said <laughs> on our radio broadcast. But because who gives a shit on this? Yeah, man, who cares? End of the day, people are purposely tuning in for this type of knowledge. Exactly. I didn't know that. The Lee Rockhold have been yeah, up there. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's been a, he's been an 
I think I think Demi Lovato still dates an MMA fighter. Yeah, not not a UFC fighter. I kind of like him more now. Do you know? Like I was hating on him two minutes ago. But now he did. That he's having a bit of a go. No, he did everything. the Bachelor, didn't he? In America, he did the Bachelor TV yeah. show. He was on that. Yeah, he was like the prize at uh, the end, yeah. and he was an absolute cock. Yeah, like he, they absolutely fucking hated him. Like in the end, all the girls hated him. Did it? Like, he's but a he, ra- he rattled them all. Probably. Yeah, good he lad. probably did rattle good them all. Good lad. Oh, he does damage. Does I, he? When he fought in London. Oh yeah. no, he was guest fighting in London. Yeah. And I was around the whole UFC London thing. I'm actually more and, interested uh, in this than in fighting. No, Don't seriously. Like, does he? The boy did damage. Does he really? Seriously, yeah, 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 yeah. If he's guest fighter in your town, uh, lock, lock up, up your daughter. Because <laughs> <laughs> Rockhold does damage, yeah. Oh, good lad. Yeah, yeah man. Fair play. But, it, but in real life, he's a dick. All right, sound why I hate him then. So, I hope Bobby Knuckles starts him early yeah. doors. That'd be brilliant if he did. Yeah. Because well. you know that he'd throw his toys out the pram. You know what he was like with Bispin? Like, he just fucking lost it, didn't he, in that press conference? As a Bispin, fighter, though. Bispin's there with a the belt. He's having a bevy going, ah, fucking did you? Yeah, and yeah. He, was just, he just couldn't take it. He couldn't no. take the banter, could he? No, he couldn't. No, no. A lot of Yanks can't, though, can they? Mm. To be fair, if you're a good-looking bastard and you're shagging everything, and someone's taking the piss out of you, it might be quite difficult to be able to take the piss. Your ego can't handle it, no, and that's can't. that's the key word actually. His name should be Luke, the ego rockhold. Yeah, yeah. The narcissist. His ego is fucking out of control, yeah, yeah, yeah. like mm. out of control. Mm. But then again, if I was as good-looking as him, and oh, I'd be running everything. Oh, I'd be all over it. Been up everything. I'd yeah. be just the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd be just the riddled, same. riddled. We're, we're, we're taking the piss out of him, but I'd be just as much of a dick as he is. That's just let's hands up. That's that's true. That's life. <laughs> Um, another fact that's been made that we're dead excited about, Big Frank. I'm I'm so surprised that they turned this round so quickly, and now it has been confirmed. Frank's fresh as fuck. That's why. Yeah, he just he's only thrown one punch. Exactly. Uh, UFC two two zero. Stipe Majorchich, Francis Ngannou. Also on the card, DC Call against Uzumir. <laughs> oh my days! Two two oh kicks off the new year, and boy uh-huh. does it kick off the new year. Um, fair play, Stipe. I thought you'd change your number and, and jump shit, but you are fucking tough as they come, sunshine. You've had a look at that and you think to yourself, "I'm the champ. I can take this fucking clown." I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can, but I'm so excited to find out if he can. It's amazing, and you know what? I uh, one of the best UFC events I've been to internationally was in Boston, was at this same venue, the TD Garden. I think it was the TD Garden. Definitely Boston anyway. And it was the night when Randy Couture fought James Tony and BJ Penn was on the undercard, Frankie Edgar. It was fucking amazing. Uh, excuse me, an amazing weekend. You had your breakfast there, son. What I'm was that just, then? It's that lem sip. I'm choking it back oh, up. Right. I thought you were thinking about I'm still uh, recover- Rocco. I'm still, recover- <laughs> I'm still recovering, aren't I, from my mandate, so I'm, oh, I'm full right, of cold yeah. at the moment. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah Boston. It, I only went for that one weekend. I've never been back since. I would love to go back. Boston is my favourite city in all of America because of the event that was around it. It couldn't be going to a better city than Boston. Look at you trying to get some tourist board on Anyone this shit now. Anyone in Boston fancy No, you're trying to get the Boston <laughs> tourist board to go, yeah, Nick, he's been bigging us up on the Fight Disciples podcast. Here's the free flight, lad. Right. When, I first, when it first flashed up as well, I thought it was January 30th and I was like, oh, mate, that's me fucking birthday eve. I've got to be there for that. But it's January 20th, unfortunately, two weeks before my birthday. Make a note, next birthday, January 31st. It's a great fight, though. It's a brilliant it's fight, It's a great yeah. card. DC it's and card. on there as well. Uzumir, what the fuck? Where, where is this guy going to stop? Like, how far can he go just knocking people out? Well, Uzumir and Big Frank on the same card. We could have two of the best knockouts in UFC history on that card. Yeah. Oh, we could get two absolutely masterful performance from the champions. From DC, yeah, These yeah. are real, legit 
contenders for Cormier and Miocic. Mm. And these are two guys with, you know, Cormier's weight division. Yes, we definitely want to see the Gustafsson fight again, but with John Jones gone, you're starting to scratch your head a little bit about worthwhile contenders. Likewise, Miocic, he's king of the old man division. Where's his next opponent going to be? We start 2018 with genuine knockout threats for both these champions, light heavyweights and heavyweights. And you know what? If they both put in massive performances here and stifle Nganu and stifle Usadmir, is there not a narrative now to work towards a potential Cormier versus Myocic later in the year? I fucking think there is. <laughs> well, that's Sean Shelby. Calm yourself down. <laughs> uh, now, on our boxing show, you may have already listened to our boxing show, which is also available right now on fightdisciples.com. Or you might just be a UFC fan and come just for the UFC kicks, right? So therefore, we're going to kind of have the same conversation now as we have done on our boxing show. And it's all around Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao. Now, on there, I go on a little bit of a rant on the boxing show saying, no, absolutely fucking not. We've had a dance. We've all enjoyed ourselves. A little bit of McGregor Mayweather. I don't want it. I don't want to see this in a boxing ring. However, Nick shoots me down and says, it's not going to happen in a boxing ring. I've got a, I've got a plan for you. Go on, son, tell me. Tell me why McGregor and Pacquiao is going to happen in April. Well, you're saying Sean Shelby there, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd say more Mick Maynard than Sean Shelby. because um, Mick you know, Foley from fucking yeah. WWE, mate. <laughs> yeah. but Mankind, this, that's this you. Is, this is how it happens. Go on, then. And the UFC shouldn't be distancing themselves from Conor McGregor right now because they need them, fucking desperately need him inside the octagon. So they should be counter, uh, counter-offering... Going above top rank, fuck top rank, fuck boxing, get it in here. Let's get Manny Pacquiao inside the octagon. Manny Pacquiao's got connections to MMA. Anyway, he's got an investment in some Asian MMA kind of uh, thingy. So there's obviously an interest there. The UFC should be saying to Manny Pacquiao, you come into the octagon. And you know what? We don't even have to make it public. Behind closed doors, we all agree. Stand up only, boys. Fisty cuffs only. Connor signs, Manny signs. The UFC have the biggest... They get the shit show inside the octagon rather than outside of it. Instead of looking through a goldfish ball going, yeah, that's the biggest star in our sport and, you know, he's in a different sport. But, you know, we're getting a little slice of the pie. Instead, they get to Manny inside the octagon. They get all the hullabaloo. The circus comes to the octagon instead. The UFC, Dana White's front row centre with his top hat on and his big stick dancing through Las Vegas. Here we go, the circus is in town. Manny's in one corner, Connor's in the other, and we get Connor back inside the octagon. He destroys Manny Pacquiao inside the octagon, inside the mixed martial arts forum. We all get to move on, and hopefully Conor McGregor comes back to what we want him to do most of all, and that's fight mixed martial arts. Now, you see, you've sold it to me now. What the you f- want it now, don't you? Well, you want it now. Yesterday on the boxing show, you were like, oh, I don't fucking want this to happen, I've had enough. And now you're no, thinking, no. I want to see Manny Pacquiao in the uh, octagon. In the octagon, yeah. I don't want to see this in the boxing ring. I'm done, right? We've had yeah. a fix. Let's all part ways with the boxing crossover, the boxing hybrid. But if you're going to put Manny Pacquiao in an octagon or some type of octagon where there's mixed martial arts rules, small gloves, maybe you can do some kicks in there as well. Kind of like that, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of interested in maybe having a bit of a look at it. I don't mm-hmm. know. There you go. But then after this one, I'm out, <laughs> right? <laughs> no more after this. No, absolutely not. No, Unless Francis knocks out Stipe and then Francis AJ in an octagon, though, becomes a real thing as well. Or just on the street. Just on the street <laughs> in a bar. You've got to change the venue to keep me interested, yeah. right? So the, so the ring's gone. This one's for the octagon. Then yeah. I don't know. The, a street fight is what we need next, don't we? In a weather <laughs> just spoon. a pit, just a fighting just a, pit, just in a little weather spoons or something like that. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. 
Um, now, this week, Winnipeg is the destination um, for um, for your UFC fix. Yes, there's a couple of cards still to uh, get excited about before the end of the year. But for me, I'm going to be honest with you, this one finishes my year off absolutely brilliantly. Not only is our mate Danny Roberts on this card, but there's some fights on there that I'm absolutely gobsmacked that are real on Winnipeg rather mm-hmm. than UFC 219. Starting right at the top of the bill. The number two versus the number four in the welterweight division. A man that used to be the lightweight world champion, Rafael Dos Anjos, who's looking mint at welterweight, let's be honest, taking on the former welterweight champ, Robbie Ruthless Lawler. This is unbelievable, isn't it? Come on, let's be honest. This is a fight. Not, I think it is a fight for relevance. Maybe I use that word a little bit too much, but it is. This is basically, win this, you're in, you're in line for a shot. Yeah, you're in like Flynn. This is uh, in a time when the welterweight division, I feel like in the back end of 2017, has kind of had a little bit of a revolution in terms of all these new names coming through. And there's yeah. a couple on the undercard in this, oh, in, in this one as well. But, you know, with likes of Kobe Covington and our own Darren Till and hopefully Danny Roberts with a big win this weekend, Perry and Ponzinibbio on the card here. You know, there's this new generation of 170s. Rocky, can't, can't forget Rocky Edwards from the UK as well. New generation of welterweights coming through. Like, like fuck, there's the future of the division. Yeah. These two aren't the future of the division. No. These two... Of fighting to stay relevant yeah. in the division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, it, it's a great fight. On paper, this could be a fight of the year. Um, but it's all about how the fight plays out. We know what Robbie Lawler's going to bring, what Rafael Desanio's going to bring. It's like what you've got is you've got, like, do you know, like in, in gang warfare, you've got like the old guys, the old heads, the, the mafia bosses that run the shit. Yep. So you've got like your Woodleys. Uh, I'll put Wonderboy in there as well, seeing as that he's been around for a period of time. Robbie Lawler, Rafael Dos Anjos. You've got them. It's a shark pool, don't get me wrong. But yeah. they're, they're, they're top level. They're not fucking about. They're just shooting people, right? They're, they're, they're all the mafia bosses there. Then you've got all these young kids who want to make a statement in the gang, in the maf- who want to run the mafia one day. They're tra- they want to take over Don Corleone. That's what they want to do. Of course. And the, Darren Till and all them boys are in that pool. So the, there's one pool going on over here, another pool going on over here. At some point, those pools are going to fucking meet, mate. Yep. Where some big, the, the little guys, the little new fresh kid on the block shark is going to want to take one of the big boys out. Yep. <sighs> I reckon we're going to get one of those opportunities in 2018, mate. I think we're going to see a couple, to be honest with you. And, you know, I think Mike Perry, Ponzinibbio this weekend is a belter on this card. And I think the winner of that fight should be calling for the the winner of the main event. They probably won't. They'll probably call out Dan Till or Kobe Covington or whatever else. You know, there'll probably be a, a shout in that regard. But if I was one of them, I'd look the other way. I'd go, right, you know what? I'm going to go for the former champion instead. Robbie, yeah. You know, I'm going to go upwards. I want the Sanyos or I want Robbie Lawler rather than another young, hungry shark like me. I think that's what... You're right, it is like two pools at the moment, but them two pools are like, they're staying separate. Yeah. Whereas you need to jump into the big boy pool to actually to, to break through. Otherwise, you're going to fucking, you're going to beat Ponzinibbio. You're going to be the cock of your street. That's yeah, what yeah. I mean. It's like, well, wait a minute, you're going to prove yourself to be the best young prospect, but then you're going to kill yourself doing it. Yeah. Jump over now and fight a near 40-year-old Robbie Lawler or whatever, you know, and try and get jump, jump ahead of all the other guys who are in the shark tank below you. So that's what I would do, but... Whatever happens this weekend, mate, we're going to see absolute fireworks, that's for sure. I think Darren's actually going out to Winnipeg, too. Of course he is. I think he's guest fighter. Of course he's going out there, right? Mike Perry's in the octagon, so who's going to be on the fucking mat straight after, jumping over the bloody cage? Our oh, boy, innit? The gorilla himself is going to be 
giving all sorts of abuse, yeah. taking over the gaff. Before, I think Wonder Boys paid for his flights. <laughs> is it? Go sort that out. Go, 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 go. Get that, get that fight going with Mike Perry. I don't want no piece of this. Go and have a crack with that lad. Um, Robbie Lola Dos Anjos. Robbie Lola only fights one way. He comes forward. He throws bombs. Dos Anjos. I mean, he's multi-talented. He can do everything. He's, we've seen him do everything at lightweight. He's a guy that has stepped up to welterweight and really impressed me, mate. The yeah. way that he's, his boxing's been really good at welterweight. So this could be, it could be a masterclass from Dos Anjos, or it could just be a bit of a barroom brawl for about, what, you reckon, about six or seven minutes? It could be unreal. It could be unreal, yeah. I think Dos Anjos has proved a lot of people wrong since he went over to welterweight as well because, uh, you know, he kind of, <clears throat> he got found out at lightweight, he lost the belt and then there was all talk about, you know, where's he based, who's he training with, how's things happening, but he's completely reinvented himself over at welterweight, I think. You know, the fight with him and Robbie this weekend, man, if you, if you don't, if this fight doesn't get you excited, mm. then you don't know mixed martial arts because anything could fucking happen here. Literally anything can... You know, Desanos might just revert to type, might just submit him. Yeah, you know, might just go for yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. then That's again, what I mean, more rounded. Yeah, Robbie Lola's not a guy. He's, he, he, you know, he, he look at Robbie's record. He's not a guy that gets submitted. He's not a guy that gets taken down. He's a guy that stands and bangs. And the reason is people can't take him down. He's fucking impossible to take down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what makes this a great fight. And uh, you know, what if the, what if either of them got left to offer? We're gonna fucking find out on Saturday night. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. And I reckon it's gonna be peaked. I reckon it's going to be tip, you know. I know that we're going crazy for Robbie Lawler and Dos Anjos. Everybody's going to go crazy for that and say that's going to be the fight of the night. It's obviously at the top of the bill. Yep. It's going to be peaked. The fight of the night is going to be Ponza Nibio, Mike Perry. Re- Honestly, these two, for me, Darren Till's the best striker in this division in that young shark pool, in my opinion. Yep. These two are not far behind. It is close, right? Ponzinibbio's fucking mint. Mike Perry, we've seen him. He's an absolute killer. He's been in there with Danny Roberts. He was absolutely brilliant that night, as was Danny. Th- these two, because they're in the other pool, they're in the other shark tank, they're the hungry boys, they want to achieve something, you're going to see everything being thrown at it. It's just the whole kitchen sink is going in in the first round, mate. And whoever lands first wins. I don't think it gets out the first round. I really don't. It's going to be amazing. It is. It's going to be absolutely mental. And, uh, you know, we know what Perry does. He comes forward. He takes a shot to don't land give a shot. Shit. He don't doesn't give, give two fucks. I think Ponzinibbio is a sharp, accurate striker, man. I think it's a different world fighting. You know, <clears throat> I think Danny's a, a tremendous striker himself. Comes very much from a boxing background. But he's he's dangerous with his hands. That if you, you've only got your hands to contend with, I think Mike Perry's the same. I think that was just the war of wills that night in Manchester. And it just so happened that Mike Perry landed the cleaner shots and got the win over Dan, uh, over Danny Roberts. I think Ponzinibbio is more of a much more of an all round striker. His kicking game is electric. You know, he's for me he's probably second behind Dan until in the entire well Wonder Boys in there as well. But those three guys in terms of tie boxing yeah. are just absolutely sensational. I think Mike Perry's going to walk in to a big kick I think Mike Perry's going to get stopped in this fight I actually think Ponzinibbio is going to win but you know what it's going to be fun while it lasts it's mm. an absolute gun show you're right mm. uh, Glover Teixeira is also on this card as well number three light heavyweight taking on Misha Kukinov uh, it's a good fight it's a fun fight it's a great fight I think I kind of like Glover I've always yeah. liked Glover and I want him to come through this man I want him to do it what's with the love affair with Glover man where's that come from don't know don't know what it is maybe it's because when I first started getting involved with uh UFC and stuff like that. He was reigning high. He was doing extremely good stuff and involved in entertaining fights. I just hope that he does a bit because I think the light heavyweight division needs relevant fighters. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look at Uzumir, DC. Outside of that, you've obviously got Alex 
And then you look outside of that and you're going further and further down the list then. You're looking at Jimmy and people like that. We need a dude to make a statement to then yeah. get back in the title mix. Because after DC and Uzumir, then Alex, where'd you go? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I don't know whether Glover's got that left in his tank. Though. No, he probably hasn't. Has got Mate, I'm doing it through rose-tinted glasses. I've got the romantic glasses yeah. on. That's what I'm doing. Of course. But it, listen... Again, it's kind of like the main event, and it? it's a fight to stay relevant in this weight class. Yeah, if he yeah, doesn't, yeah. if Glover doesn't get a win here, then he completely drops off the radar in terms of a title shot or even being in the mix. So, there's a few fights like that on this card. Like that's what makes this card so entertaining. And you know, don't kid yourself because there's a numbered event coming up between Christmas and New Year. I this is a better. This is a better, better than, card. This is better than two one nine. This on is a better paper, card. But yeah, as yeah. we've said many many times, don't judge UFC by paper. Of course, this could be brilliant. And our boy Danny's on there. This is brilliant for Danny because. Um, he obviously we saw him this time last year or just before this time last year when he was beaten in Manchester and he was beaten badly he had to take some time out for an operation and get yep. himself sorted he's come back this year in Glasgow his last performance was absolutely brilliant you could yep. see that he needed to get that monkey off his back to get that confidence back there's a new swagger about him man every yep. time we speak uh, to him see him on his social media there's a, that old Danny Roberts is there you know what I mean there's a little bit of something in his eyes a little bit of fire in his belly yeah He's up for it this weekend, mate. As all fighters are, of course they are. But there's something about Danny Robertson. I really hope that he does a job this weekend, gets on the mic, says what he needs to do. Because with all due respect, two years ago when we started this podcast, Danny Roberts was the name that we were talking yep. from these shores that was the next thing in well, the if, UFC. If you remember when we first started the podcast, it was Tom Brees. We were yeah. saying Tom Brees is going to be the big superstar, the welterweight Shit. division. Shit, yeah. And then Tom was unable to make weight and eventually moved up. And we were like, okay, Danny's the guy from this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Danny kind of fell away. And now it's like Darren Till. It's like we've got this conveyor belt and Rocky Edwards from Birmingham. This conveyor belt of, of, of strong, talented welterweights. But no one's kind of broke through yet. And Danny buying back on this card. He got this fight at late notice. but Well, publicly he got this fight at late notice. Yeah, yeah. But from what I hear, he'd been in camp for a good 10 weeks for it. So he's known about it. I think he's had an opponent change. He wasn't originally yeah, he supposed has. to fight Nordin Taleb, but that's that fight's happening now. Taleb's a good fighter, man. This guy went with the distance with Ponza Nibio earlier this year or late last year. So this guy can take a shot. I think Danny's got to prepare himself for t- three tough rounds and you know Taleb's a former middleweight as well so he's probably going to give away size and height and there's probably a bit of weight as well so Danny's up against it this weekend but you're right he's got this, he's got his tail up right now he's saying all the mm. right things he looks the part I think if he can end the year with a big win that sets him up perfectly hopefully to be on the London card in March yeah absolutely against one of the those in the in the in the new fresh shot yeah. we're talking Ponzinibbio's Mike Perry I know he's been in with Mike before yep. Darren Colby Covington all those types of characters yep. the, that's where he needs to be going next he needs to come through this at the weekend get on the mic make a bit of noise because that's the thing isn't it? he's a cool customer he's Danny cool and he's yeah. not necessarily a guy that is the the trash talker type of character but if he adds that to his game at the yep. end of uh, an octagon performance Game on, man. And he's back in that mix. 2018 could be fucking major, major, major exciting. Yeah, he's one of very few fighters based in the UK that have got a Reebok deal as well, you know. So he's in a good position. He's in a good place, Danny, you know. He looks the part and he talks the part. And, you know, he maybe not be the biggest trash talker out there, but he lets his ability speak for himself. He's just got to make sure, you know, he's going to Canada. He's fighting a Canadian. He's going to, he's opening the card. You know, it's a, it's a big ask for him this weekend, but a statement performance Saturday night, 2018, could be massive for him. Mm. I'll tell, tell you what else, uh, what other deal he's got. He's got a Luke 1977 deal is what he's got, my man. They could do with him to do a little bit of modelling. Danny Roberts, the hot chocolate that is. 
Uh, Luke1977.com is our clothing partner. If you uh, are looking for some new stuff for Christmas, get yourself on there, man. Luke1977.com. Use this code, by the way. FDLR15. FDLR15. Uh, next week, we're going to be getting stuck into our best of uh, 2017. Slow starter to the year with the pay-per-views. There were some major, major cards. Curitiba and London was absolutely brilliant at the start of the year here in the UK. And then, as it's built and built and built, 217, 218, hopefully 219 is going to be brilliant. Can't see it, but hopefully it will be. Yeah. And these lovely fight night cards to finish off the year, uh, we will be talking about them in our best of uh, Fight Disciples UFC 2017. Any suggestions for fight of the year, fighter of the year, knockout of the year, round of the year, event of the year? Hit us up on social media, well, man, and we'll name check it if you're right or wrong. Well, everybody knows that it's uh, Darren Till in Gdansk. Uh, Darren Till's knockout <laughs> in Gdansk. Everybody knows that Darren Till's going to win every fucking award. That's how it is. Isn't it? Isn't that not how we're going to do it? Could well be, yeah. Of course it is. In fact, we're renaming it to the Gdansk The Tills. Award. The Tills, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Cashing the Till Awards. That's what we're going to be doing. Uh, speaking of uh, friends of the show, I noticed on your own personal social media you've been hanging out this week. Where's that? I didn't get a fucking invite to the Peak District, did I? Oh, yeah. That's why I'm sitting here surrounded by dirty tissues and a lemsip. Whoa, whoa, that's a totally different show, sunshine. <laughs> you settle yourself down, lad. What have you been doing? I thought the desk was moving. You dirty pig. The, uh, yeah, yeah, me and Dan hung out on Friday, me and Mr Hardy. We had a nice little mandate mm. up in the Peak District. Yeah, this yeah. is what happened, you see. I, I mentioned to Dan and I was like, listen, we need to meet up, man. We need to put our heads together. You know, let's talk podcast and baby. Right, uh, this is what's happened, right? So basically, me and Nick, we run this show. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to do any business meetings with me, does he? No, I'll go and speak to my mate, Dan Hardy. So they've had a business meeting in the Peak District that I wasn't even invited to. <laughs> it's man. a tentative meeting, that's what it was. It was yeah, an initial yeah. meet and greet type yeah, thing. Yeah. So. Planning stuff for 2018. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of that catarol. That's the first <laughs> yeah. thing we're doing. Get them out. Yeah. What do you like at hosting a podcast, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Your ears were burning then. The... Uh, well, listen, I messaged no, no, no. I was like, this let's, is let's it. meet, let's meet off. Wait, no, you never told me that it was happening. I'm on the train on the way back from London after inviting you to my radio show, all right? I didn't cheat on you this week. I invited you to come and do it with me, and you did it. Well done, you. Yeah. I'm on the train on the way back. Oh, do you know something? I'm going to catch up with everybody's Instagrams. I'll have a little bit of a nosy in. Oh, my wife's put something on Elf on the Shelf. By the way, on the Elf on the Shelf thing. Oh, yeah, how are you getting on? Thank you very much, Liam Noon, who listens to the show who sent me a a suggestion for Elf on the Shelf last week. And basically, what you've just done there, it was a lot of dirty tissues around the elf whilst there was a porno on the TV. He said, yeah, I'll do this. Can you imagine my lad coming down in the morning, (laughs) Elf on the Shelf's there with a lot of sticky tissues, and there's a fucking bit of rug munching going on on the old telly. (laughs) Jesus Christ. No, I didn't pass that on. Anyway, that was that. So I'm keeping up to date with all people's social media, seeing what people are doing. Elf on the shelf. Everybody's telling me that it's snowing in their part of the world, all that type of stuff. Then I see two big fat heads on my fucking screen. Beanie hats on, beards akimbo, snow everywhere. Mandate. It was like a Rita Rora treat, is what it were. <laughs> Unreal. So you've gone out for you a little like bit. You felt like D Devlin, did you? Yeah, I when, did feel when, I, when, That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> D, I feel your pain. I, I, Rita Rora and Conor McGregor were out in the bloody Peak District, i.e. Nick and Dan, and I was like, just sat there at home, in my pyjamas, watching the kids. Feeling unloved. Exactly, doing the babysitting. Yeah, yeah. Well, Some of an episode of Fight Disciples. Whilst you're out there dipping it in everything that moves. <laughs>
<laughs> Go on, anyway. You were having a chat with him. Yeah, we Kill. had a lovely day, yeah. That was, you know what? I messaged Dan and went, let's grab a coffee, man. Let's, let's, get, let's put our heads together when we're not working on something and talk about, you know, what, what could be round the corner. And he was like, yeah, cool, man. Let's meet halfway. So halfway between Liverpool and Nottingham, Peak District. Like, yeah, let's go for a coffee. So Dan said, tell you what, let's meet for a brew here and then, you know, crack on and I'm going to go for a hike up in the mount- up, in, up in the Peak District. As you do. As you do on a Friday, yeah. So I was like, fuck it, I'll come with you. If you don't mind. And he was like, yeah, man, cook it. Let's go for a little hike in the Peak District. So very California. A hike meeting is what they call it in the California. Did they? A hike meeting. Did you have, did you have special walking boots? No, I wore, a pair of, I wore a pair of New Balance trainers, which I'll have to put in the bin now because I, yeah. fell, I fell over in the mud. I bet you had all the gear, didn't he? Oh, Dan had the gear. Dan had all the, I bet you had one well, of them da- walking sticks, like little picks. No, no, he didn't have one of them. Of but Dan was saying that. Did he, he have a rope? He'd had a rope, he, did he? He didn't have a rope. Well, he had a rucksack on, so I don't did know he what have was an if he had an axe, they got back in the car and fucking Mate, I wouldn't have got out the car. Dan Hardy comes across as the type of guy that would have all the gear for every, oh, he's got, anything that he's doing. He's got everything. Yeah, yeah. He had the gear, like he had proper Adidas, like hiking shoes yeah, on yeah, and yeah. all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But he was saying spikes on the bottom. Well, he, he knew the route, you see, because he was like, of course, as a he kid did. has spent a lot of time here and blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he actually he's probably he, slept there. He's probably lived, oh, yeah, yeah, he's probably he, lived in the woods at some point. He said he he camped out there plenty yeah, of times, definitely. out in the middle of the Peak District, and yeah, yeah. makes him a man. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? He was telling me. Did he get you doing any bush tucker trials, like eating any uh, kangaroo no. arsehole or anything like no, that? No, we went for lunch in a nice little country pub. Oh, fucking hell. Open log fire. It was, it, it, there was Val Dunican on the yeah. bloody jukebox. It was a nice little way to ease into Christmas, I've got to say. Mm. So, anyway, there's your pink slip. Mm. Bet he's fucking on Christmas doing isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dan, tell them that story about the time we went hiking. Fuck off, here you! <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I'm only messing, we're only oh, yes, and Listen, I know Dan listens to the show, so yeah. you have to say, Christ, well, there's going to be three of us next time we go for a hike from the sounds. Of that's it, that's it. That's what you want, isn't it? You just want it to be rearranged. Well, no, no. I, come with us? I put one of them, um, I've, I've got one of them apps where I can keep up to date with your location on your phone, so anytime I, I can see you going south towards Nottingham, I know what you're up to, I'll be there. Uh, you'll be there waiting at, there. At the just at the top of the peak district. Uh, no, all right, boys. All right, lads. What are, you doing? Here? what are you doing here, boys? What a coincidence. Do you mind if I join you? <laughs> Conversation killer. All right, lads. Uh... <laughs> anyway, you can subscribe to this nonsense that we churn out on a week-to-week basis uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com. The best of the year show will be coming your way as well. Uh, three episodes per week, one for boxing, one for UFC, and one, of course, uh, for our Merseyside fight scene show, which Darren Till will be a part of. Uh, in 2018 uh, thank you very much uh, for coming to join us this week we'll catch you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes